we made it up until 2009, and we're not dead yet, so hey, I, I guess there's another year worth of no agenda. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East in southwest London, I'm Adam Curry. Oh, sorry for stepping on you like you did with me on the end of the last show. It's all right. I, I deserve that one. <laughs> I'm John C. Dvorak here in uh, uh, Silicon Valley North, also known as Gitmo Nation West. And... Um, so our Gitmo Nation shirts, by the way, our T-shirts are through. We aren't selling them anymore. We've got a new design coming next week. Oh, okay. So they're now officially collector's items. Yeah. I don't even have one myself. Well, you're probably not going to get one now. <laughs> also, because the shipping is uh, to the United Kingdom is a, no a mere $45. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, you know, they, you know, I had to ship off... Um, a, uh, I, my, all my editors, I had to send them some stuff, and the, uh, it, it, it would cost like uh, five times more to ship it to the United States. I don't know why. I mean, I think I could have FedExed it cheaper. Do you think that has anything to do with um, uh, import on textiles? Is that is that the main reason? There must be some reason. There's some. It must be taxes, not just shipping. Oh, yeah, it must be, not you mention it. Makes nothing but sense. Because there's lots of stuff that if you, you know, uh, Patricia does this all the time. She'll, uh, she used to order from linens and things. Oops, that that doesn't happen anymore. Now they're out of business. Um, and they should be like, oh, look at all these, because it's very hard to get sheets for a king-size 2-meter-20 bed or whatever it is that we have. And um, and she'll order it and then, you know, it'll be like really cheap. And then, and then, you know, it shows up. It's like, oh, you owe, uh, you know, 35 pounds on a linen set or something. So it has to be something like that. Hey, man, so, uh, well, I'm in the new place. Oh, you are? Do you have you have your new collection? I'm sorry? The new connection. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking up. Yeah, it's the new connection. It's the, it's the new studio. It's, uh, as of about half an hour ago, I would say complete. It's uh, audio, video production, uh, all built into one. Um, it's kind of like a floor wax and a dessert topping. And uh, for a, the first in a long time, uh, all my uh, routing, all my connections are actual wires. You sound good. Thank you. It's also, I, I got a different microphone. Um, I have. Well, what are you using? Oh, okay. I'm using the, uh, the hell if I know. This is the... <laughs> Coming from a pro. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even say... It, this is a, a mic that was... It doesn't even say... It does have the Radio Shack logo, though. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, what, what was... Uh, it wasn't realistic. What was the other... Um, realistic? That's the Radio Shack. <laughs> I know, but what, they had another one. They had, like, a, an upscale uh, brand name. Maximus or something like that. Nah, it was something or... else. Uh, it'll hit me in a second. <laughs> It's an MXL two o one o. I have no idea who makes it. It kind of looks like uh, you know, it's a studio mic. It looks like it's a condenser, by the way, so it needs uh, it needs external power. And I'm running it through my Yamaha NG twelve no NG one two four CX mixer. The cool thing though is I've got uh, good processing now, so. I've really enhanced the Skype connection. You sound really, really much better than you've ever sounded on the on the broadcast right now. Hold on a second. I'm typing this code in here to see if there's any. So I'm running you. I'm running uh, your MX two. You said it's an MX O two. No, it's a two O one O MXL two O one O MXL MXL Mike X Ray Lima. 
Hmm. Uh, so I'm running uh, you through a uh, what is Marshall? Oh, it's a Marshall. No, it sounds what it looks like. Or no, it could a Harmony. It could be an MXL. It could no. It's an MXL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From Radio Shack. MXL. The MXL. Microphones, products, microphones, MXL. So I'm running you through a compressor, limiter, gate, and an Aphex uh, 204. Oh, you're using an Aphex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The big bottom Aphex? Yeah, the big bottom. Yeah, big bottom. Yeah. I have one of those, but I've never hooked it up. You don't have to because I've hooked it up on my end. It sounds beautiful. And uh, and so and and we've got the nice cast running now. I I was all ready to hook in calls. Um, just so you know, I actually have Skype running on a separate machine now, so it's using its separate audio in and out, and that's you know that is it, that's actually the preferable way to set it up, so you don't have all this crap jacked in virtually. And I wanted to set up uh, my SIP client Gizmo so I could dial into the uh, phone bridge so we could take calls. And so about uh, forty five minutes before we started. I, um, I set it up, and the very typical problem with um, voice over IP, and of course this is on the BT line. Who have, I'm sure they have their own uh, they have their own vo- uh, VoIP solution they want to sell. Um, you, when you call a number, uh, you can hear what's coming in, but they can't hear you, and that's because all the ports or the network address translation is messed up. And so <laughs> I got to go and configure the hub. All right, you know what? We'll do that next week. So the MXL mics are cheapy. Really? Yeah, 169 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, sounds good for a cheapy. Yeah, it does. It's, you sound good. Yeah, you sound you. just as good as you do with that lavalier hanging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the scotch tape. Yeah, with the gaffer tape to my forehead. <laughs> so it's positioned ideally. <laughs> so, um, Actually, that's a funny idea for a photo. No, not really. Happy New Year, John. Well, happy New Year to you. How's things going? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm doing good. I mean, someone How's says things going back there in the UK. How's the bo- how did Boxing Day go? Uh, well, Boxing Day is you know as you pointed out on the last show, it was uh, very uh, filled with boxes for us. <laughs> so the stock market went up, and I have a, one of the listeners says, "Oh, you know, you should talk about it. You know, talk about the stock market. What do you think?" Yeah, it, it, went it went up significantly. Didn't go up two hundred and ninety points or. Two sixty or something, and the day before it was also up one hundred and fifty. Yeah, it was that up a couple of days before the end of the year, and then it was uh, up on uh, the uh, you know the one day we were open on low volume, and the uh, which of course leads you, there's a there's a thing that there, there's kind of a piece of superstition that seems to come true a lot, which is that if the market goes up in January, then the whole year reflects that and it keeps going up. And then if the market goes down in January, the market just goes down. Mm. And so uh, it seems to me that it's up a little. It started January up. Just now it's nine thousand. The likelihood of it going up more by the end of the month, so it has an upward trend by the end of January, seems to be nil. And so I can't imagine that it's going to. But it might. But it it could either be same, you know, around nine thousand at the end of the month, or go down, which seems more likely. Mm. And I don't know. Maybe when Obama get, gets in, it'll go flying. Who knows? Well, you did. Pre- you did predict that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and some, some wild, uh, wild swings. Hold on, people are saying that we sound like crap on the stream. That we're overmodulated. And I turned it down. So if you can Twitter and let me know if it sounds better now, that'd be appreciated. I, I, I you know, this uh, feedback loop with this. 
With the Twitter? <laughs> hey, you guys, you can't do that with the real radio. Hey, you guys sound, <laughs> sound like, like shit. <laughs> you sound crappy, turn man. Turn, turn it down. Turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we're recording it in uh, in high fidelity, so you can, you can always listen. You can turn it off and listen to it later, but... The feedback is good. Well, I guess I got busted because I did. Say, I guess I must have said just casually that that the oil was going to two hundred. Yeah, dude. And some guy like busted me for it. He said, "You, you're always changing your mind." I made the point that I'm a bandwagon jumper, but I'm talking about sports mostly. Uh, huge. I'm a huge fan of Utah. <laughs> people, people who watch football think that's hilarious. Anyway, so. Um, uh, I, even though I never invested, I mean, I was short oil. Well, let's hold on. Let's just let's just but take I, let's just take it back one step because it's a little confusing. Um, we got actually, I've received a lot of emails from um, Dvorak fans who were saying, "Wow, man, you know, you're kind of right about it." In fact, your um, East Coast Research Division, you know who I'm referring to. Terry Lutz. Oh, yeah. He just said, please refer to me as the East Coast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Please don't mention my name. Uh, he sent me a, a nice long email. I said, wow, man, you know, you're absolutely right, and John is so wrong on all of this stuff. About what? Uh, well, so here was the thing. So there was another person who emailed us and said, oh, you know, you, you really, uh, you know, Dvorak is, uh, is a, what do you call it, a bandwagon jumper, and he was all talking about $200 barrel oil. And then you on email said, no, I didn't. Prove it, prove it, prove it. Find the episode. Prove it, prove it. And so... Yeah, I guess some some complete nutball decided to listen to all these episodes to find the one lone example of my uh, suggesting that it could go to 200 Yeah, here it is. And meanwhile, the price of oil is $126 a barrel. Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking... It's going to 200 before the end of the year, baby. 200 I, I'm thinking 200 <laughs> There it is. Well, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> uh, well, I, if you follow the next episode of the show, I I was getting more skeptical. Yeah, but it's about the bandwagon jumping thing. And, and I'm amazed that people are only now just figuring this out. Well, you know, things that uh, you get on the bandwagon. It's, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a huge Obama fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's uh, so so. The, here's the news out of the United Kingdom: um, big protests, of course, around Europe um, at uh, Israeli embassies. From um, you know, of course, regarding the uh, the huge conflict now in the Gaza Strip. And um, we have two celebrities, two celebrities who have stood up and saying, we're not taking it anymore. You want to wager a guess as to which two superstar celebrities they Let are? Let me think. Amy Winehouse. No, no. Huh? She's got huh? enough of her own problems. No, huh? no, 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 no. Uh, two celebrities. Now, they're British celebrities? Uh, yes, both of them are British. Uh, so in, that, interna that internationally well out. No, no. It's, and the thing is, they're female and they are um, over 50, which is... It's just this. Dame Edna. <laughs> female, I said. Female. <laughs> no, you'll never guess. Oh, Bi Bianca you. Jagger and uh, Annie Lennox. Bianca Jagger and Annie... What is this, the has-been club? I'm telling you, man. 
think a Jagger. Yeah. Wow. I haven't heard that name for 10 years. <laughs> but it's pathetic that that's the only people who are you know up in arms about this, about this tragedy that's taking place. Because it really is. It's this is messed up. And meanwhile, of course, and I, I, my my uh, my wife, you know, Patricia's sister is here. Yvonne, who's been great helping us unpack for the past week, and she's been fantastic. But the two of them will sit down reading the paper and they're like, oh, it's so you know, oh, Jet Travolta. You know, John Travolta's son uh, died tragically. Right. Seizure hit his head on the bathtub, I think, which is terrible. And you know, and then just like, oh, right. I'm like, dude. You know, there's like a hundred kids who are dead and still lying underneath the rubble in the Gaza Strip, you know? How can you obsess about Jet Travolta? Like, well, at least we know him. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they know him? Well, because they know John Travolta. You know, I'm just saying, it's, you know, it's... Yeah. They don't yeah, know him. closer to home. Yeah. It's, Think local, act global. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Right, Annie. <laughs> act global, think local. I don't, I'm not sure what it means. Talking about what that means, this reminds me of another topic. So we're probably going to jump around a little bit today. That's all right. Uh, let me find this. I had my... Oh, of course, I can't find it when I want it. My daughter's been working on this paper, and she's on this, she's apparently using this computer. And uh, Don't you hate that when the kids use your computer? And, and Well, this is, I, this is the computer I use for the pachos. This is not my normal writing computer. Still, doesn't she have her own computer? Does she have a laptop or something she can use? She likes this machine a lot. So um, you'll wind up giving it to her eventually. Uh, I might, because I have another machine that just I just got from the... Uh, um, NPC noise, the silent PC folks in uh, Vancouver, Washington. I got a new machine from them. Just, just a quick wait. Go ahead. Just to plug a company. The uh, if anybody's buying, you know, you're gonna. I mean, it's the same price you pay for a Dell or anything else. Maybe a little more because you're gonna get some better components. But these guys, it's like a custom. It's like a hot rod shop in the olden days. You you know, you could take your car to a rod and custom shop, and they, you know, they uh, fix it up. You know, put some. You know, they just Modify it. Mm -hmm. And soup it up. That's the word. So these guys build these machines that are architected. They use all mostly standard components, but they redesigned a lot of the stuff and they architect it so that you have like a machine, like a quad core, you know, killer machine with a, with a good uh, graphics system in it. I have one with dual SLI, you know, NVIDIA stuff. Dead silent. Mm. Dead silent. I mean dead silent. You have to actually, you don't even know, you can, when you turn it off, there's no evidence. You have to look at it to see, you see if the fan stopped. And uh, How do they do that? It, it, they, the thing is, it, they've, got the, they've got the air going through a certain way, uh, and they have uh, a big giant fans, because mm -hmm. you can turn those and move more air with less noise. And uh, they're using some Antec cases, and it's just just engineering is what it is. And then they got a lot of soundproofing in there. Mm, excellent. So you get this machine. It's the same price you pay for any other machine, and it's dead silent. So I mean, it's, and it's very nice because I I finally sick of these. I what set me off was uh, a number of years ago. AMD had uh, wanted to show off one of their uh, new chips with something or other. They sent me a machine. AMD does this every once in a while. They send out these machine, these sample machines, so you can look at their chips. You send them back. Generally, they become uh, worthless in t in over time, <laughs> and so you don't send them back usually. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can if you want. Yeah. They're not expecting them back. But anyway, the uh, 
you turn this thing on and it sounds like you're at uh, the Moffett Field Jet Testing Center. <laughs> just unbelievable. I mean, just holy. I mean, it sounded like the world was coming to an end. And uh, I said, this is ridiculous. These machines are too noisy. And uh, so I tracked these guys down. Anyway, that's a plug for them. So I'm good. Did you see that um, uh, someone loaded Android onto a netbook? Oh, really? Yeah. I told you that was coming. I've also found that there are pe- there's a whole community of people who are loading Mac OS X onto OS X onto uh, netbooks. Yeah, the, the Apple's got some mechanism to brick those. Oh, I'm, I'm, no doubt. But still, it's pretty cool. Apparently, the there's one... Uh, what is the netbook? It's like the Win Eye or something. Does that sound familiar? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. The only one I... There's a couple of them. I can't, the, the EPC is very memorable. And I think HP is the HP 100, the HP 1000, which is kind of neat. I saw one at Costco mm-hmm. and uh, played around with it for a little while. I could use that machine. The keys are a little. The keys are a little bit small, but man, the portability and, and if it actually ran uh, OS ten, uh, I, I think I would go for that. Yeah, it's a. I think the keys are just, a, but not so much that you can't type on it, and um, I mean, it's not like a phone. Anyway, back to my daughter's. She's working on this thing for her school and on. Uh, the world's water crisis. You know, the way they always want to get these kids involved. So, um, so I ran into this one thing on the, on the browser here that she has a million tabs open with a bunch of different things about water. But this is unbelievable. I ran into this one. Because it's almost as though, you know, you can't win. Or, or it's like as though, uh, you know, the, rea- the definition of a reactionary, which I always like to... To, to give the right wing, the real reactionary, the true definition of reactionary, someone wants to go back in time. And it seems to me is that the American left or the liberals, they want to go back in time to a day when there was no distribution, there was no roads, everyone walked and rode bicycles and this kind of idealistic thing. And so, it, so everything that, that's remotely modern is somehow contributing to you know, everything that's going wrong. Now, let me just read you this. This is from the Trout, T-R-O-U-W Daily okay. in the Netherlands. T- oh, t- uh, Trout, T-R-O-U-W. Yeah. Trout. Trout. Um, Trout, I believe, was started as a, a, a underground resistance newspaper in uh, World War II, I think, mm. in Amsterdam. Here we go. Hydropower disaster for global warming. Mm-hmm. Large dams have dramatic consequences. Ecosystems are destroyed and numerous people are made homeless, often without adequate resettlement. But it is yet little known that large-scale hydroelectricity is a major contributor to global warming. What? (laughs) The reservoirs could, despite their clean image, be even more devastating for our climate than fossil fuel plants. A A few years ago, I spent a month and it goes on and on. And uh, now I'm thinking two things. One, is this guy serious? Or, and by the way, let me go down to graphs or three graphs. He says, Mega, Mega Hydro has an atrocious record. The World Commission on Dams, WCD, consisting of experts, opposition, and industry, was installed to produce an independent review of large dams. The WCD estimates in 2000 that 40 to 80 million people have been displaced worldwide. 80 million? Hmm. Anyway, the uh, seems unlikely. I mean, just the number doesn't sound right. Maybe in China. Whatever the case is, 
this could have been, you know, this kind could be a piece of propaganda put out by the oil industry, obviously, to, you know, keep people on the right track to using fossil fuel. But uh, I don't think so. I think this is actually just some typical reactionary in the sense of let's, you know, we can't do anything. Well, let's just, co- you know, cover ourselves and put ourselves in a, in a cave somewhere and, and ride it out. Yeah, if it's not the hydroelectric power, it's uh, uh, bovine flatulence. Flatulence. Oh, that's the classic. Well, see, the thing, the, the thing to me that this all this whole global warming thing always boils down to is veganism. It's it's at some point you, you don't care what nutball you're watching. If you're watching the Green Planet, they have a whole net channel now on the Dish Network and elsewhere called Green, mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of horrible shows that are self-serving. Except Emeralds is actually pretty good because he's still just cooking. You know, Emerald Green, get it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then they have the guy who does. Uh, I, I got a disc for you. I'll send you with a couple of these shows on it. Just like, phew, just like all the other ones you sent me. Yeah. But it, but at the point, at some point, it always becomes vegetarianism. I mean, it's always related. There's always a vegetarian angle, and it always then it gets kind of to veganism, and let's get rid of the herds of cattle, and let's just eat, you know, oats. <laughs> and uh, that's and dirt. It's always that element. I've never seen anybody that that doesn't have that element in it. Let's eat dirt so and I chalk. Believe they're behind the whole thing. Pita, the vegans, and you know the crackpots at Whole you know, Foods. The whole. I, I got to tell you, I'm. I don't. I don't talk bad about Pita at all because those people frighten me to death. Those are the yeah, ones like that the want, will wind shirts. up actually killing you. No, I'm very afraid of. Um, of really radical act and, and look, I love animals, but there are some very, very radical elements out there in the uh, animal activism activism space, and uh, and they do they kill people. Yeah, because well, people are are meaningless crap. That, you know, everything <laughs> yeah, it's all about the animals. So, along the lines of global warming, you want to hear some sh- earth shattering news? What? Um, scientists. From the United Nations, IPCC, have now determined that the Earth will be cooling for the next three decades. Now, these are the same people that brought you global warming, now known as uh, climate change. Quote, addressing the Washington policymakers in Seattle, Washington, Dr. Don Easterbrook said the shifting of the Pacific Decadal Oscillation, that's PDO for short, from its warm mode to its cool mode, virtually assures global cooling for the next 25 to 30 years, and means the global warming of the past 30 years is over. The announcement by what? Na- yes, the announcement by NASA that the PDO, that's the Pacific Decadal Oscillation, has shifted from its warm mode to its cool mode is right on schedule as predicted by past climate and PDO changes, and then there's some references, and is not an oddity superimposed upon and masking the predicted severe warming by the IPCC. This has significant implications for the future and indicates that the IPCC climate models were wrong in their prediction of global temperatures soaring one degree Fahrenheit per decade for the rest of the century. Ba-da-da. Doesn't what? matter. No, no one else will hear about it, John. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm blogging it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. No one else will hear about it. <laughs> yeah, with bada bing. So I'll, I'll send you the link. It's uh, you're kidding me. No, of I course did, not. I missed that one. But, when did that come out? Um, These this? guys are just unbelievable. This is uh, eleven uh, December seventh. Actually, is when this uh, came out. It came out December seventh, and we haven't. And it hasn't been. Uh, I didn't. Wow. Well, I didn't catch Talk it until just now. Uh huh. Mm. 
but this is you know this whole shifting of the poles and the solar winds and the diminishing of the magnetism of the poles. Um, all of this goes back to 2002. Um, so this is before Al Gore's um, inconvenient truth. Uh, NASA and um, and other scientists were saying, "Oh, this will uh, change the climate. It could make it warmer or cooler." You know, but they were literally saying it's that that is the cause, not man-made. You know, it's it's all over the news now. It's 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 mainstream publications. It's just you know, it's no one's doing anything with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. But it, we're still all going to die if we don't you know stop our cows from farting and stop uh, generating stop power from the meat. ocean. Stop eating meat. Yeah. That's basically where it boils down to. Stop eating meat because it's, there are animals. I mean, this is people, of course, who anthropomorphize the, uh, you know, the all animals. From my wife has it. There is because they watch too many Disney cartoons with all these talking animals, and, <laughs> usually sounding a lot like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> well, they sound like this sometimes. Oh, speaking of she's Mimi, ha has has she mentioned? Because she's an earthquake nut, right? She uh, she tracks the USGS website, yeah. or USGCS, whatever it is. Yeah, has she, she hasn't said anything to me about the Yellowstone thing, which is what you're going to bring. That's up. That's exactly what's going to bring up. Yeah, nothing at all, huh? No, for I don't the, know why. For those Maybe of you who's not paying, she just finished her spice book, which <laughs> I'm in the process of editing. She's so a spice girl now. Well. She <laughs> <laughs> You should tell her that. That's hilarious. I never thought of that. It's a good joke. Yeah. So um, anyway, so the Spice book is done. So we'll, we'll get that out in the next, uh, hopefully. The so next people month. are being uh, are being warned to not go to Yellowstone. Oh, I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, they've they have about a hundred uh, earthquakes a day now at Yellowstone. Yeah, I heard that. And uh, tremblers. That's not good. No, that's extremely bad. <laughs> yeah, Yellowstone is one of the great giant calderas. I mean, it's it's the size of Krakatoa, and um, it's one of the three or four. I guess how big is the Krakatoa? That if they go off. We have serious issues. Yeah, I mean, this this could go all the way to uh, from to, it could go up to Mount St. Helens. I mean, this thing is huge, right? It's huge. It's a it's out just about it's a, the size of it is about the quarter of the size of the state of Wyoming, and if it went off. It would. The problem is that when it goes off, it's a it's a mega volcano, which is the kind that ends up you know killing like ninety percent of the life on Earth. Yeah, because it, it essentially it spews shit into the atmosphere. The sun is blocked, and then we all die. Well, we don't all die. Well, uh, just what do you? <laughs> just you in America. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it would probably if it went off it, because of the trade winds, it would blow most of the crap to the east. And uh, people on the extreme west coast would have a, 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 a something of a chance, um, but probably not much of one because I, I think the southern hemisphere, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't it, the mix is such that you could, might be able to move to Brazil and uh, eke out a living during the food riots. Exactly. Anyway, this wouldn't be a good thing. Let's uh, hope there's, there's a correction. Is there is there any uh, mainstream reporting on that in the states, or is this another one of these? Uh, yeah, no, it, it crops up, but it's not like anybody's. You know, there, it's not like the the Art Bell. You know, um, overnight, the, the, whatever that show is called, the uh, overnight, whatever it is, you know, that show where they have it. all these crackpots on. Uh, it's not as though. Um, it's picked up. I mean, that group is into it. You know, there's, there's the group of, of worry warts. Um, the general public, I think, is 
oblivious, oblivious. Yeah. But they're oblivious for the fact that you know we don't have an educated population anymore, and uh, they don't. They can't keep up with anything except, you know, I'm sure John Travolta's yeah, John Travolta's well-known to everyone, yeah. and that's yeah. about it. Exactly. And uh, so another thing that happened um, that I also looked into, which became very interesting to me, is uh, the leap second brick- bricking uh, the 30-gigabyte Zoom MP3 players. And it's not so much about the, you know, about Microsoft and Zoom and all that, and, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, that was a... Uh, an unanticipated programming mistake. What was interesting is how these leap seconds came to be. <laughs> the U.S. Oh. Navy started this in 1972. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is to compensate for the irregular rotation of the Earth um, to keep you know Earth time or solar time, I guess we call it, in sync with atomic time. But it's willy-nilly. So the last time they did it was 2005. They didn't expect to insert a leap second until 2010. So they just said, oh, we should do it this year, based upon, I guess, you know, someone sitting there looking at the Earth's rotation, counting it out. Um, But this just goes to show, when you fuck with time, man, you can screw up a lot of shit in the world. And this time it was just... Wait a minute. What has a leap second got to do with bricking the Zune? Ah, because um, on December 31st, it had one more day to go, and um, based upon the internal clock, I guess it it has some kind of clock that is synced up. This is not working for no, me. Micro, this is what Microsoft themselves posted. They said this is what had their is, excuse. That, I believe that. Yeah, because basically okay. you, get, you get an extra second, and so it didn't know what to do on the rollover, and that's why it happened the minute it saw that this next day would have you know whatever the equivalent is of. 24 hours plus one second in seconds, and, for, and that that basically put it into an infinite loop on uh, on boot up. But that but I don't care. I mean, people have a Zoom should be shot anyway. What I'm what I'm interested Actually, in. The quality of the Zoom sound is better than the iPod. Yeah, eh, whatever. But this uh, this messing around with this is the same thing with daylight savings time. It bugs me. It bugs me that we're that we're doing this stuff. It had there's no energy efficiency. It's, uh, you know, that's all offset by air conditioning in the summer and, you know, extra heating in winter. It's all, it's, there's got to be some evil scheme behind this time change and adding leap seconds. It just, it it just doesn't sit right with me. All right. Don't you have, don't you, don't you have any information on that? Weren't you a, a timologist at one point in your career? I was never a timologist. I've always wanted to be. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I'm trying to find something. Uh, here's the Yellowstone Visitor Center. There's nothing here about anything. Um, no, there's a web page. I have a web page for you. Uh, where is it? It says that they're, they're, they don't want people going there. I think now's the time to go. There's nothing more thrilling than little shakers. <laughs> Uh, well, right now they have uh, volcano uh, alert level normal activation color code green, but that was an update from yesterday. Um, it's volcano. Uh, yeah, that's the USGS USGS site. Mm. Mm, I just don't think it's a good idea to go. No, I think it's now's the time. Shall I book you a ticket? <laughs> For one, here's, here's, here's the reason. The place is always crowded. 
Everyone's going to be scared off, so the place will be really dead empty, which is great. I doubt it. I, th- I think there's a lot of people who are going to go exactly for the reason you just outlined. Well, I could be wrong, but generally speaking, I think people are more, you know, no. I mean, it sounds you, it sounds good on paper what you said, but the fact of the matter is most people are very skittish. I mean, I was watching this thing on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, the, the uh, one show that had the, uh, the explanation of the TSA and the guy heads the TSA. And the guy's just, a, he's just a worry, you know, he's just worrying, oh, they're out to kill us, they want to kill us, we're at war. And I'm, and I'm thinking, we're, we're, you know, where's the... What kind of a war is this? I mean, we say they killed a bunch of people, uh, you know, a decade ago, and then now we're, you know, waiting for. I mean, this is a very poorly, up, you know, this is not this is not like, you know, losing millions of people during World War Two. I mean, this is. But anyway, this, this, there seems to be a, a level of fear that is uh, hand wringing. Yeah, you don't. That you think? Have developed. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. So they got a bunch of hand wringers that are afraid of their own shadow. This is the you know the Americans that used to be you know the leaders, and now they're all frightened. And uh, so I don't think they would be going to Yellowstone. I think most people aren't. I mean, they'll be no. If it's not terrorism, we're fearless. We're very afraid of. No, I don't, of no, I think I think we're completely afraid of everything now. Global warming. Everybody's, you know, afraid of that. <laughs> that's not. It's not. That's the no. It's not the afraid part. It's a. It's a part of being politically correct and caring about the earth and doing your part. That's what that's about. It's nothing. To, no one's just afraid of of the earth burning up. They don't give a shit. They know it's not going to happen for another. I mean, I'm thinking you, hundred you years. Need to move to Berkeley. No, I'm thinking I don't. But I hear so what you're saying. Here's a funny thing. That, here's a funny thing that uh, I ran into the other day. I mean, I was actually stunned. I'm listening to the radio, and there's an ad for the CIA. I've heard this. Yeah, they go on and on about the CIA, and they had the guy with the kind of a deep, kind of a voice you couldn't identify. It was, I think, the voice was tuned with one of those little thingies, you know, that you can adjust mm-hmm. sounds with. A uh, and vocal they had this guy going, "You too could be a useful member of the Central Intelligence Agency in clandestine intelligence gathering." And uh, and this, I think, it was the word they used: clandestine intelligence gathering. And then they said, go to CIA.gov slash jobs. And I'm thinking, why are the CIA? The CIA is generally is a recruiting company. They go to colleges and they find kids with, you know, high uh, grade point averages and they make them offers that they can't refuse. Here, here it comes. And, uh, here it comes. John. You know, you know Gina Smith, she was offered a job at the CIA. Hold on a second. Here it comes. Some of our bugs have been well Bugs. Is this the one? No. At the CIA, our scientists and engineers create and apply innovative technology to meet intelligence needs. Care to join them? Technology so advanced, it's classified. <laughs> U.S. citizenship required. U.S. citizenship required. Void. We're prohibited no, by that's law. That's not the one I was listening that's to. The, that's, that's, a, a, that's actually better than the one t- I'm That's a TV about. ad, actually. Oh, that's a TV ad. Oh, yeah. my God. Anyway, so um, I can't believe they're doing this because it's, it's besides it's like so secret agency. And then, by the way, they all that. If you want to get, if anybody out there wants to get involved with the high tech stuff, find, try to find a job with the NSA. At least if you want to be with computers. Anyway, no such agency is called amongst the uh, people who don't want to have their phone tapped. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking it's a honeypot. Uh, to suck people in? 
Yeah, just to see what's kind of screwballs. And, you know, I mean, because for one thing, if you're like a terrorist, the first thing you'd want to do is get to get a job. Just get a job with the CIA. CIA. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> did you and Did so, you read about the um, the reporter who took on it? So she first she printed out a fake boarding pass um, at home on her computer. Yeah, and, you can do that. And then she had three bottles, which she put in her little plastic baggie. Each bottle was, you know, 100 milliliters. One contained charcoal, one contained <laughs> sulfur, and one contained saltpeter. And mm-hmm. each bottle was labeled as charcoal, sulfur, saint, uh, saltpeter. <laughs> put them, and she actually, she says that she uh, completely drenched it and made them wet because, you know, just to, to really, you know, make sure nothing could happen. Because those three elements, people, is the, is gunpowder. Um, and uh, took them through, t- you know, put her bag through TSA, you know, her little baggie with everything clearly labeled. She even put the labels out so they could read them. They didn't look at that, but they were very, very concerned with the pan flute that she had in her luggage. <laughs> pan flute. I would be too, uh, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and then Anybody boarding with a pan flute is suspicious. So she got through with a fake boarding pass with all the elements for gunpowder. And get this, here's the kicker. They swabbed her bag with one of those um, white little discs, and it was negative. Hmm. Well, I think they're looking. I don't know what that little disc is looking for, but I'm sus- I suspect there's specific things in one. I'd like ammonia. If she had been carrying ammonium nitrate, she may have been busted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems to be something more likely to be caught, and it's, it has more potential. I mean, to make to mix gunpowder by yourself is like it's a. Whole, I, I was used to be a chemist when I was a kid, you know, and I used to do all these things until I was when I went to the University of California and I was in chemistry. I was warned away from it. But from one of the, my professors, I said, look, I can name a thousand guys with one finger missing because of the stupidity of doing some of this stuff. And so uh, I wouldn't, you know, either go work for a dynamite company and learn how to do it right. But still, the, uh, I, the, the, the I point is... I could never is, ma- make gunpowder work. Well, Kirk, could, Kirk, Kirk was able to do it. Captain Kirk. Yeah, well, yeah, with just with the with the with that thing going after him, yeah, Captain Kirk. Yeah, with the... Uh, and it, didn't he use, like, bird poop or something? I for can't sulfur? remember, but it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So I was look- the likelihood of getting it to to fire with by clicking on some flint is zero. <laughs> okay, but still, you get the point. Yeah, no, I get the point. I, I, you know, the problem I have with it is that every time somebody pulls a stunt like this, then they just crank crack down on everybody. So it inconveniences us all. I think we know that the TSA and the rest of this is kind of a sham, and that the whole thing is just for show. So why do you do this? I mean, I, I condemn this woman. Interesting take. Good point, actually. Now I think about it. Well, I, I guess the, you know that's the only instead of really doing some writing and really making some real trouble where it matters to stop the idiocy that is the multi-billion-dollar TSA. That's what she chooses to use as a weapon. Yeah, and they end up giving him even more money. So uh, the, C- the CIA has a kids page, John. Welcome. <laughs> We're glad you're here to learn more about the Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> and then it should say, wait while we install this Trojan horse on your computer. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, fine. Now you can continue. <laughs> this is pretty amazing. Unbelievable. So, are you ready to learn more about the CIA? Hmm. Let's see. Games. They have games. Puzzles. Work. Break the code. 
Aerial Analysis Challenge. <laughs> oh, this, is, this reminds me of the movie Last Starfighter. So the kids go on the site, and then they crack the code, and then they give them another the second le level, and then the third, and then if by the fourth level, if the kid cracks the code within a certain amount of time, some... So knock on the door and they're hauled <laughs> off breaking for the rest of their lives. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty. That, that's that is just frightening, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, somebody's got to do something. That, yeah, I think they. I don't know. I don't know if they if if, if they uh, we need a better CIA or a worse one. I'm not sure. I'm trying to find the radio commercial that you heard, but I'm not. It wasn't video, it was audio. Yeah, radio. That's why I said the radio commercial. Oh, they said video, sorry. Oh, I, meant, I meant radio commercial. Uh, you'd think that someone would have that around. Oh, well. Yeah, they're talking about clandestine, which is like, what does that mean? Well, I know that... Um, I mean, there's covert. That's, you know, that they don't, are, are, apparently are not seeking anybody to go in and murder people. No, but what I've seen them do is, is particularly with kids, is they, they, they can send you a little kit and, you, uh, and you're supposed to be an environmentalist uh, undercover agent and if you see your, your parents doing something that is uh, not green, then you, you, know, you have to bust them and then you, you, know, you should report them. Then you have to torture them. <laughs> Water, you waterboard your parents. <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. It really is. Farmers, so, uh, uh, you got some? I got plenty of stuff. You tell me if you want. Well, I was just going to go on with the. I never finished the Gina Smith story. Oh, sorry. Okay. So she um, apparently was graduating from college, and they, you know, I, by the way, I brought this story up with different people, and that's bull. And then my favorite one was somebody, somebody, maybe it was you, said that's bull. They used to do that. And maybe it wasn't you. And they said they used to do that though. <laughs> Always yeah. like that. They used. They don't do it anymore. So the thing was, Gina was supposed to, they, the CIA was going to place her in a high-paying reporter's job at a newspaper. Oh, yeah. So she, she, she would just be writing whatever they wanted her to write. Yeah. Every once in a while, they needed to do some disinformation or some, you know, they needed to feed something. And then, you know, she would write it up. And that would be, that's all she, and she maybe once in every six months or who knows. But she'd be on the payroll the whole time. And then she'd be come in and this is the kind of thing of course I think you can identify uh, if you're a smart reader you can find you can see these kind of planted stories that um, you know it's like some of the like the, the, my favorite example is the confessions of the economic hitman if you don't I mean you can read the book or not read the book but what you want to go do is look at the uh, reviews that blasted the book ah right and I, I found this one guy, I can't remember who it was, but he's, a, I think he's with the Boston Globe or the Washington Post, or maybe Washington Post. And he blasted the book as bull, and he went on and on. But if you, then when you see that guy, then you back, you, you click on all of his articles. And it's all the same, right? And he's saying it's the same It's all the same, kind the of same apologetic right, uh, right, right. malarkey that is like, oh, this is interesting. And then you, so then if you can reverse engineer the whole process and figure out who these guys are, these stooges, you can read their material to see exactly what the litany is, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the memo for the day. Yeah, yeah. What, you know, what's what, the talking How are we points? supposed to be thinking? What's the right way of yeah. thinking about yeah. things? Well, so you can actually see that right now. Uh, you'll see um, very few journalists really, really, really condemning Israel 
for uh, their part in the conflict in the Gaza. Uh, and then from time to time, you'll see one that really sticks out and really defends Israel. Um, and I, uh, yeah, you've got to believe that that's all. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. You can't defend either side of that. Right. So yeah, no, you can find you can you can spot these guys. But what I recommend people do who want to be smart readers is that when when somebody when somebody sticks out like a sore thumb, look at their past work. This is kind of like using Yelp in in real time. You know, it's like a, a, a giant, you know Yelp is interesting as a reviewer site, and people around the right. And then you, you, and then you look at the reviewers and see what how, what their other reviews are for other things. Right, so you say you've got you know Cynthia here who likes or dislikes this restaurant you think you're going to, you're going to go to, and you click on all of her reviews, and then you can see if you're in agreement with her on the stuff that you have common in you know where there's common knowledge. In other words, I've been to this restaurant already. What is she, and I liked it, and she hates hates it. I'm thinking, well, this woman is not in agreement with me, so I'm not going to take her advice. And so you find another reviewer who's in total agreement with everything the way you think in terms of taste for restaurants. And uh, so you, you can say, oh, okay, then she liked this new place. I'll, I'll, I will go there. That's, you can do that in, in, the real, in real time now that we're on the net with all this information because these writers, their stuff is all archived. I mean, you can go to MarketWatch, for example, and you can read my stuff for the last four years. And then quickly never read another article because, like, this guy always does the same thing. We don't want to read more shit. Stiff. That's the problem. But <laughs> except for that. Would you mind breaking something down for me, John? I actually, you've you've not responded to the three times I've now brought up Gaza. Um, how did that? What what's going on there? <clears throat> what what exactly is the problem? Why is this? I think the Israeli. I, I have just for some reason I haven't followed it this closely, but except for the fact that the way it's portrayed is the Israelis are sick and tired of having these missiles lobbed into their country constantly. Uh, as a as a terrorist mechanism, it's kind of like the buzz bombs uh, over London. You know, they didn't do as much damage as you know the Israelis ended up doing. Right. Well, the, the, we well, these are these like fire, these like bottle rockets they're sending off. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't cause destruction, but it's nothing compared to. Well, they keep doing it, and they won't stop. Right. But why are they doing it? That's what I always say. Uh, well, what's well, why do they want to do that? A lot of people think they're doing it is because. You know, the whole thing is funded by Iran to get the, the attention away from other well, issues in the Middle East. Let's break it down a little bit further. What is the history of the Gaza Strip? Well, the history of the Gaza Strip has always been an area of... of um, the problem with the Gaza Strip is it's too close... It's it's in a situation where you can easily attack Israel, and so the Israelis had to take it over some years ago. And they're now because it was it was originally not designated as um, as Israel. Yeah, but doesn't this all stem from after the Second World War? Didn't the Brits draw up these lines and said, "Here you go"? The Brits are responsible for the whole thing. Would you mind just filling me in, just so I have the story? I don't know the history that well. I mean, there are people that are well. That's are, a travesty. We should know the history. We know the history that after World War II they had to, you know, they had to put all these Jewish refugees someplace, and they just, and they wanted to have their own country, and they wanted to go back to Jerusalem, and so uh, as the spoils of war, which is not uncommon because the Arabs and that whole group were on the sides of the Nazis, we could have taken over the whole place. We took this little chunk and gave it to the the uh, Jews, and they've been pissed off ever since, the, the other people, when in fact we could have taken over the entire Middle East. That's the time they've taken over the oil fields. Hmm. 
They, I mean, they were, they were, they were essentially the, the enemy. Right. So that's, you know, basically where it starts. Well, it's pretty messed up. But I can I, I can see both sides. You know, I, I, of course, the lobbying of missiles uh, is is not acceptable. But it's just, there's so much going on there, man. It's just that it, whole area has been perpetually screwed up. And even before they they World War Two, I mean, it's never been a good area. I mean, it's always been nutty. So you know, you'd expect uh, the office of the president elect to at least say something, which he well, refuses. He doesn't know what to do. He's, he's no. befuddled. <laughs> He's too busy uh, extending everybody's uh, employment agreement. No, he's too busy with making arrangements for this big party he's going to have. There's going to be a party administration. I mean, uh, that's going to make Kennedy's look like a joke. Uh, I mean, we're starting off already with this giant party of his inauguration, which is going to be, a, you know, that's going to be worse than anything ever done in Nazi Germany. I mean, people are just <laughs> flocking to go there. And they're going to be a massive... It's going to be like two million people live. I mean, hopefully, you know, they're asking for trouble in one of these situations. If there's a riot breaks out or something weird happens, but let's just say that nothing does. And then we go from there to the inauguration balls, the plural, right. and they're all like, now it's like a big deal to be in this one or that one. And there's all the, you know, there's going to be more chit chat about these balls and who saw who and who's in and who's out and who's on the Obama A list and who's on the B list and yeah. what can you do to get from the C list to the B list. <laughs> and then this is never going to, this is going to just continue throughout his administration, this, this kind of uh, weird you know, kind of social craziness. It seems like, uh, you know, I think you're right, he's just going to shut up until the inauguration and then... Uh... Yeah, and then it's going to be just a bunch of, uh, you know, I think he's, it's going to be a lot of empty phraseology. You know, he's going to come out, oh, do, 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 <laughs> and it's going to be, do, you know, do. just... And do, Ron, be, Ron, to do, Ron, Ron, okay. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be just a lot of you know. He's going to continue. To, he's what's paid, what's worked for him in the past. Campaign speeches. Mm -hmm. He's going to keep giving them. It's going to be. An, it's going to be an endless campaign speech. We've got to change the problem. You know. We've got to ba da ba da ba. You know. And it's going to do be, Ron uh, Ron to do Ron Ron. It's never going to be nothing. It's going to, it's going to be a, a do nothing administration. He's got no money. No, he's going to print. Gonna a, he's going to print up a trillion. Good. That's the key. Yeah. If it's a feel-good administration, I think it's going to give the mar stock market a, a boost and people will get back to work. Yeah, well, that bites me. No, no one's going to get back to work. Are you kidding well, me? There's no, there's no jobs, but the uh, but you'll feel good about you know oh, this guy. He's great. I like that Obama guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least he's he's trying to change something. He's changing and he's hoping. Yeah, <laughs> changing and hoping and hoping and changing. That's about it. Savings accounts so, yeah. uh, now get zero point one percent interest in the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> the interest, the interest is now in, interest is now lower than is now lower than inflation. <laughs> That's I don't know. What can I say? And uh, and the bank, you know, a lot of people have uh, tracker mortgages. Do they have that in the states? Tracker mortgages? I never heard of it. Oh, in in the United Kingdom, <clears throat> uh, and a lot of people in uh, lower housing have them. So it tracks to, as, as an example, LIBOR, the London Interbank Overnight 
Right. Oh no, that's called a, that's an adjustable. We call. Okay. Well, well, here they call it a tracker, and of course, those people's mortgages have been going down because yeah, they track. Yeah, we have a, we, That's what we've had. We've had adjustables the whole time. It's just a, a laughable. They go, oh, let's refinance, and then they get fixed, and it still keeps going down. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, it's never going to stop going down. Well, it it, it it stops now because the banks uh, in the United Kingdom have said, oh, uh, those of you with uh, with tracker mortgages, um, um, this is it. It's not going any lower. Even if the rate goes down, your your mortgage will not go yeah, down. Well, that's not what it says in the contract. So yeah. that's not going to work here. Yeah, but they're forcing that. They're absolutely they can forcing force whatever it. they want. They're going to get their ass sued. And if it's in the United States, they pull a stunt like that. We don't put up with that crap you guys put up with. <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, outsourcing um, the the big email uh, telephone trap database to a private company? You mean stuff like that? Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. We don't put up with it. What is the world coming to? Why do people? You know, I was talking the movers. The, you know, so we, we with this move, we had like fifteen guys, you know, around us for a total of four or five days, uh, packing, moving, and uh, unpacking. Did they talk like this? Yeah. Well, they're all uh, they're all like Cockney guys, one or two from the north, and uh, and I asked them all kind of the same question. I said, Hey, you know, when you, when do you guys just stop taking it up the ass? And they say, well, you know, we're getting pretty close here. I said, what, you tell me that I'm going to see pitchforks and, and torches in the street? He said, you know, angry I, mob. I said, the guy said, I said, I believe within a year that's going to happen. And he said, I'm taking all me lorries up to Whitehall. He says, I'm going to go block the shit off. So it's brewing. There's something going on. There's the French would have done it a year ago. Oh, yeah. The, well, the French did do it a year ago. <laughs> and the year before. And the year before that. Yeah, all the good has done them. But at least they feel good about it. And people always know that the French can, you know, screw up the whole place really fast. Hey, would you like to know the um, top Chateau Neufs from 2007? The f top Chateau Neuf de Pop? Yeah. Why? Oh, because they're announced in the Financial Times. Oh, by Jancis? Um, yeah, Jancis Robinson. Yeah. He's no, she's no good. No, she's outstanding. She's a little full of herself, but she's uh, got a good palate, more or less. I mean, she's not. I don't think she's a. She's more of a book writer than she is a you know a professional well, taster. Looking she's at her, become, uh, she's become the big expert because she had this best-selling killer book, by the way. The encyclopedia, I think it's the Encyclopedia of Wines or something like that. It's a big uh, Oxford Press thing. It's everyone should own a copy, and um, so there's my plug for her. Yeah, um, she has the perfect face for uh, radio. She's a yeah, she's a British looking woman. <laughs> she's and pretty harsh looking. Oh man, she's a British looking girl and uh, <laughs> lively. She's and she's smart and she's academic and she uh, you know knows her stuff. But I don't know that her wine palate per se is as good as some of the. Well, I have to be honest, but it's not as good as the as some of the real pros out there and. and but she does, you know, get things that plug things like Chateau Neuf de Pop, which has become an overpriced, trendy wine. It's just well. Here's what she's plugging. Thing. She's plugging uh, Perrin. So I'm sure it's overpriced. Well, there's no there's no prices. Perrin, mm. homage à Jacques Perrin. Yeah. Chateau de Beaucastel. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a, that's a standard. Stéphane Vedeau. Yeah, never heard of that. La one. Ferme du Mont. Yeah. Claude, uh, Claude okay. Pop, of course. Uh, Dom La Barouche, La Baroche. Uh, Dom de la Charbonnière. Yeah, okay, whatever. All right. 
So not that I don't like talking about wine. It's just a uh, you know a list of Chateauneuf de Pops is not the most interesting thing in the world. Oh man, I can't uh, wait until you come over here. I we- think it's because Parker picked up on it because he was like you know trying to get some more market share. So he got had one of his minions you know get into Chateauneuf de Pop and start ra- ranking them. Now you see these Chateauneuf de Pops for for. The hundred dollars is ridiculous, yes. and they, you know, they don't. I don't know. It's just not. It's. it's I, I think it's an overrated wine. I like them, by the way. I, th- I think they're really tasty, but I, there's a sameness to them that doesn't make them that interesting. And um, I'm sure someone's going, "Oh, that's bull." <laughs> no, there is. There's a sameness. I mean, they, they all taste like they taste very similar. They taste like Chateauneuf de Papa, which they're supposed to. But I mean, there's but the variation between the ninety-five point hundred and fifty dollar Chateauneuf de Pop and a twenty-four dollar Chateauneuf de Pop is, is minimal, not, right? It's not profound, right? Hey, I'm coming out at the end of the month, dude. So you better line something up. So I went to Shea Spencer the other day. I was sorely disappointed. No, surely you just. No, I think they lost their chef or something. Because I mean, this wasn't anything. I mean, this was like, what are you doing? So that's off the list. Really? Wow. Yeah, very, very much of a. Did uh, you ask them? Did you inquire what uh, what was wrong? I'll inquire because one of the girls that works there also works at Fringal, Mm -hmm. and when I'm over Fringal, I'll probably grill her. She says Fringal has a new chef uh, that's that may have stabilized the cuisine there, so we have to go check it out. You know, they've gone through a bunch of guys. We have to go back. Well, I'm going to be out for you know, was it four or five days, maybe? So we should probably uh, try a couple different places. Yeah, we should. Well, let's let's uh, plan at least two dinners because it'll be a while before I'm back. All right, there's probably a couple places. Oh yeah, you know what's happening now in San Francisco is these. there's a bunch of these, <laughs> I don't know where they got this one from, but I think there's at least three of them. Extremely trendy Peruvian restaurants. Hmm. High-tech New York-style uh, decor, you know, some sort of supposed Peruvian cuisine. I've been to Peru. I don't know what they're talking about. But the uh, it, but they're extremely, and these very talented guys, you know, they're super chefs from Peru. That have been trained in Paris or something like that. So we should probably hit two of those, and we can be a, do a thematic thing with this Peruvian thing going what on. What is a tradi- typical traditional Peruvian dish? Well, as far as I can tell, when I was in Peru, I mean, I was taken to what the Peruvians really eat. Uh, but if you go into the mountains or you go into the the middle of nowhere, the you know the peaks of the Andes, and go to some villages, you know they they eat a very uh, Pretty moderate meal of you know uh, just you know meat and potatoes. Literally, I mean, they have ten thousand kinds of potatoes they grow. It's where potatoes came from. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of potatoes. If there's not a lot of potatoes in the dish, then you know it's not Peruvian. Um, but there's a thing that I ran into that they said, "Oh, this is what the Peruvians like the best." Is my guy taking me around? And it's a thing called chifa, and it's C H I F A. And you look at it, and if you just squint your eyes a little bit, it says China. And it is in a font that is always that kind of, you know, that Chinatown font. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's a China, Chinatown font. <laughs> so uh, It's an audible font, clearly. So it's a Chinatown font. It's, and the food, and you go in and you have it. It's, it's kind of a, some sort of a faux Chinese food, chifa. And it is, from what I could tell, it's almost a dead-on copy of a much meatier version with Potatoes often, which you don't get in China Chinese food ever, mm. but uh, of chow, chop suey, which was an invention. Uh, I thought chop suey was an American invention. 
Yeah, so I'm saying yeah. it's a, it's an, an invention from America, but it seems to me that the idea that somehow chop suey developed independently in Peru from the whatever the Chinese food was because you know chop suey evolved, I believe. I mean, if you think about it logically, and, I, and it's hard to get the history of chop suey, but chop suey, I think, evolved when. Chinese from the 1860s came over here to build the railroads, and they brought their cuisine with them. But at some point, they couldn't uh, get the ingredients. I mean, they you know we didn't grow any of this stuff, so they uh, a kind of a mock Chinese uh, dish evolved, I think, in California, and it became known as chop suey. And I can make chop suey. I know exactly how it would because I used to have it when I was a kid. Mm. Um, and it's always amusing. I think I've made chop suey two or three times over the last ten years for the family as a joke. And oh, we're having chop suey, <laughs> and and everyone eats. Ah, it's, it's, it's Dad, not chop suey. It's not. It's very tasty. It's not like a bad. It's not bad, but it's not something you'd ever have in China. You just couldn't find it there. So, so anyway, so this chifa is. Well, as soon as I had, it, I go. This is chop suey for God's sake, and these Peruvians are loving it. So I don't know what the, what these restaurants are about, but it's obviously not about Chifa. You are familiar with uh, celebrity chef Jamie Oliver? Yeah. Yeah, he used to be a busboy turned chef. And not very successful chef. Uh, oh, yeah, huge. A while ago, he and, and he's come back with a retort. Why bring it up? He uh, said, uh, British people are drunks with diets worse than those found in the poorest slums of Soweto. Soweto. Yeah. And so what was wrong with that? Are you kidding me? People went <laughs> ape shit. And his retort is, the people I'm telling you about have huge TV sets, a lot bigger than mine. They have state-of-the-art mobile phones, cars. They go and get drunk in pubs at the weekend. Their poverty shows in the way they feed themselves. I found the cooking of the inhabitants of the slum in Soweto in South Africa a lot more diverse than ours. It's true. I'm going to be harsh, but I think a lot of English people's food lacks heart. It's bland. Yeah, it's spot on. He Jeez. nailed it. Yeah, he nailed well, it. You know, I've never heard that about British food being bland, huh? <laughs> Let me write this down. <laughs> we got a great restaurant around the corner. In fact, there's a number of very, very good restaurants. Um, and we went to a place called Grofton House um, last night. It's in walking distance. Oh, fantastic. Beautiful place. You know, really, um, it's new. Is it, is it ranked in the uh, Michelin book? Is it who owns it? Who's the owner? Because there's I don't about know. five or six of these superstar, you know. Uh, I'll find um, out. I'll find out. What's his name? Uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay type operation. You know, Gordon like Ramsay is in deep shit. You, you certainly you've heard about that, right? No, I, I, I know oh. nothing. Oh, you, <laughs> turns out he was cheating on his wife with another woman for five years. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's bad times. He's being ripped apart because you know you know how he is, Mister Family Man. I'm working so hard, and I'm saving uh, saving the restaurant industry, restaurant by restaurant. So the yeah. papers just love this, and they've got oh yeah, the papers there picture evidence. Oh man, because he's so full of himself. I mean, he's like you know the big shot, you know, and he's yeah. cussing everybody out for being a dud, yeah, or, or being you know bad person or whatever. This is this, but this is show business, people. This is how it works. You, you know, you go up, you go down. It's a roller coaster. That's just the way. You stay in it long enough, you're going to get slammed down and then if you can hang in long enough down at the bottom you can move back up that's the way it works celebrity big brother has started again john oh great would you like I, to know I who's in the house you don't have to watch it 
I love watching it because Celebrity Big Brother I'm very interested in because I, I want to know what LaToya Jackson really is like. And she's Why? in the house because it's interesting. You know, so who's in the Big Brother house? Uh, okay. In the Big Brother house. I had it here. Hold on. Uh, how come I can't find it? Well, Latoya Jackson, Coolio. Oh, he's brother. a rapper. Um, couple of uh, girl band singers. Oh, um, <laughs> Mini Me, Vern Troyer. Wow, that's funny. At least there's humor there. Uh, he was already hammered last night. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> have you seen his? Have you heard of his porn tape? No, I, I don't even want to think about it. An image I, I don't want to ever see. <laughs> I'll burn you a DVD. No, no worries. I, I'll just throw it out. I won't look at it. I'll put something else on it. I'll say, Ed, this is, uh, this is a documentary you got to watch. <laughs> no, you've given it away now, so it's not going to work. I'll put the uh, mini-me's uh, porn. He had a girlfriend. It was like they were really in love. Well, there's then, a lot of girls that are kinky. You know, but then he like cheated them. on her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Ex Sugar Babe, Mutaya Buena. Sounds like a real name to me. Uh, Tina Malone, best known for playing Moe and Brookside. Oh, that's a, a UK show. Ben Adams of the boy band A1. Uh, Coolio, of course, uh, Gangster's Paradise. Lucy Pinder, a conservatory, con uh, conservative supported model who hates, quote, bleeding heart liberals. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Um, but LaToya Jackson is just fascinating to look at her face. Just, I can look at it for hours. It's like, man, how did she, what did she do to it? And nose is all, like, chopped and reshaped, and it's just, I love it. It's okay. I'll, well, I'll, she, she definitely is what, what Michael wanted to do, but I guess they used different doctors. Uh, I think he has a whole host of doctors that he's used. And, uh, you know, the the news... So did you hear the story that he's, like, down and out and broke? Yeah, I don't buy that. I don't buy that don't at either. all. It doesn't make sense to no, me. No, I don't, I don't buy that. He's, uh, you know, he... Look, he definitely has, has issues. Uh, but I, I also think... It, but if you have... Uh, he was in uh, Dubai for a number of years, and uh, he's all around... Uh, and you know he's like, guess what? He's a normal guy. He he goes to normal places and stays with normal people. Which and then all of a sudden, like, oh, he's living in a piece of shit house. And I don't know, man. Just just on royalties alone of the stuff that he's done, you know, uh, ASCAP, BMI. The guy, he'll never have to work a day in his life ever again. And I think if you have such a huge financial empire, you know. You know stuff like uh, the Neverland Ranch. Yeah, I was like, ah, fuck it. You know, I got to got to deal with that. I got to, you know, whatever the mortgages do or whatever the issue is. You know, people turn that into uh, into weird stories. No, yeah, I, I so I don't right. buy it. I don't now, buy it's, it. On the other hand, I heard Marla Maples is just living in some apartment in Phoenix. Yeah, isn't she shacked up with Fergie? Was oh, that right? <laughs> no, but it, I I put her at the same level. Yeah, something like that. The former yeah, Fergie, uh, Duchess. Right. Fergie the, not Fergie the singer. You're no, no, Fergie. Fergie the formerly known as the Duchess of York. Yeah, where's she now? She was doing, well, she did Jenny Craig for a while. Yeah, that didn't work out. She, oh, she had, there was a very successful documentary that they did here on Channel 4, I think, or maybe it was ITV, and it was uh, it was like a reality show of her at home. 
it was off the scale, seven, eight million viewers, which is big for the UK. So I'm sure she got, yeah, she's just doing gigs, getting money, getting paid. When I first saw her, when she first came over to the States to, uh, like, settle in, she still had that British upper-class kind of um, air, yeah. which is uh, it's a disdainful kind of um, understated uh, quality. Hard to put your finger on. I mean, you can identify if you know what to look for, but it's, you know, people probably, push, I would think she put people off. And uh, I wonder if that's changing at all because uh, even, even I even saw it coming through when she was doing the Jenny Craig thing. I don't think people care. Maybe. No, they don't. Well, maybe she'll back off of it. I mean, it's just like it's a style of uh, of interpersonal. No, I, I think I think people don't just don't care about her. It's like oh whatever. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I said well that's probably true. Yeah, uh, I, I two more you know two more things I just wanted to touch on briefly with you. Um, the big news here that no one, of course, is really talking about is uh, Russia has once again, they do it every winter, uh, turned off the supply of uh, gas to the Ukraine. <laughs> so the minute, the minute it goes below so freezing. Winter, <laughs> every winter we must do this. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's mess with those people again. Now, of course, um, uh, all of Europe's gas that comes from Russia uh, flows through the Ukraine, through that pipeline. Uh, and already um, I've read reports that there's 25% less coming in, so it's going to send prices skyrocketing. Europe is, you know, rightly so, I think, worried about uh, about these events because, you know, we're pretty dependent upon what comes out of Russia to heat the homes in the winter. Hmm. Well, that's what happens when you create a dependency relationship. And, you, you know, uh, some... And I, I, I did. I thought that uh, senators were elected. That's pretty stupid, I guess, huh? They are elected. Well, then how how does how come uh, not only um, Obama's Senate seat is being given away, and why is Hillary's Senate seat being given away? Don't those people have to be elected who come in? Why why does the mayor or governor or whoever it's it is? That's the convenience of the states. The states have control over those seats and they create they're the ones who set up the elections and if there's a situation where they don't have representation, they don't have time for an election, the governor can appoint a senator and give send them to Congress. It's very it happens all the time. Well, that sucks. Why does it suck? Do you have to reelect a guy? Although the no, no, maybe there's well. Listen, does New York really need Caroline Kennedy as as senator? I don't get the Caroline Kennedy thing either. Oh, I do. All right, tell me. Oh, it's if she, of course. Uh, you know, she was a, a big. Uh, she's a dingbat. Obama suck up. You know, in in and she wants. She's going to have front row seat at the uh, at the inauguration, and she'll be at all the right balls. Um, and she, of course, lobbied that Ted would show up and uh, and endorse Obama. And oh, this so could be a quid pro quo. Is what you're total saying. quid pro quo. In fact, Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, said the idea that we would pass up appointing someone to the Senate who was both a friend and a critical supporter of Barack Obama is political malpractice. Yeah, I heard that. I, Bloomberg's an asshole. Ash. Well, he got himself uh, uh, extended, didn't he? Yeah, and as soon as he did, he screwed the public. It was unbelievable. It's hilarious, actually. 
So, you know, it's almost like uh, Lucy in the football. What, what did he do? Uh, what, how did he screw the public? Boy, he cracked out. He said immediately got back into the office. He's going to raise taxes. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to just, you know, stick it to him after, you know, making all these kind of vague promises that he wasn't going to do anything like that. Well, he, he essentially he, he he made the up. The state like, of New York is in serious, serious, serious trouble. They're going to go yeah, broke. Yeah. They, they have 80 new taxes, I think. In yeah. New York, 80, eighty-zero. You know, the thing a lot of people don't realize who don't live in New York is the um, fact that there's a like a there's an income tax. The city has an income tax. Yeah. The state has an income tax, and the federal government has an income tax. So you're taxed three times yeah. if you live in Manhattan. And uh, when I moved, and I think that by the way that that state city income tax is pretty high. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm sure someone could tell us. But it's you know it's non-trivial. Uh, after we moved back from uh, from the states, I had a mailing address uh, with um, an assistant that I used to work with, and she lived in New York, so I just used her New York mailing address for stuff. And I got a two million dollar tax bill from the city of New York. <laughs> I said, "Hey, uh, you owe us two million dollars. Uh, pay now, and then uh, we'll assess how much it was uh, later on." You know, that was a tough little nut to crack there because those guys are serious and they got guns. Yeah, and it was, yeah. Uh, it was you know it, it, it's very difficult to get them off your back and to say, well, listen, I never actually lived there. Well, prove it, and by the way, pay us the two million now. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, well, that scam is, is 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 a total scam. You don't have you know tell them to screw themselves. You're not paying them anything. Oh, well, they have they have enormous know. powers, John. They can uh, just uh, dock your well, pay. They, just, they can do all kinds of stuff. They can't dock your pay. You're in England. Uh, if it's leaving the United States, it can. It's coming from California. I don't see how they can attach it. I think it'd be a lot of trouble. There's some. I don't think it's easy. But whatever the case is, you got out of it. Yeah, no, I got out of it. You know, after ten, fifteen thousand dollars in legal fees, sure. That's that's the whole scam, right there. Hmm. That's disgusting. Oh, it happens all the it, it always seems to happen with me. <laughs> I'm on the list. Horowitz thinks that we should, you know, people should consider shorting municipal bonds from New York. Oh, State. hell yeah. How about uh, all the municipal bond market? You know, this advice is too late, actually, because it just collapsed. It, you know, I think they... they um, well, it wasn't given yesterday. It was some time ago. Okay. Well, no, but t t yesterday or the day before, I read on Bloomberg that the the muni bonds had collapsed. They were down like twelve percent or some outrageous number, which is big in bond land. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. bonds are supposed to be the best, stable, safest form of investment. Yeah. They haven't yeah. been a stable or a good form of investment for since I was a kid. Yeah. Not anymore. So here's what New York will do, and I and I uh, Forbes wrote about this. Let me bring up that article. Uh, states consider selling off roads and parks. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Minnesota is deep in wait, the hole. Wait, we paid for this with our taxpayers' money, and now you're going to sell it to somebody? Yeah, check it out, dude. Check it out. Minnesota. Uh, the state still owns a premier golf resort, a sprawling amateur sports complex, a big airport, a major zoo, and land holdings the size of the Central American country of Belize. And they're selling it all. It's for sale. Come on in. Well, maybe they shouldn't have owned it in the first place. I don't know. The Tappan Zee Bridge? The Tappan Zee Bridge. <laughs> That's outrageous. 
So you, you buy the bridge and put up a toll booth. You can literally like say... back to feudal times. No, but you can literally say, I, I got a bridge for you. I got a bridge for sale. I got <laughs> a bridge for sale. Bridge. So you buy the bridge, you put up a toll booth, and you charge five bucks a head to go across it. You don't have to pay me. You can go around. Yeah, here, Democratic Governor... Uh, David Patterson appointed a commission to look into leasing state, state assets in New York, including the Tappan Zee Bridge, the lottery, well, the lottery is always a good one, golf courses, toll roads, yeah, parks, by the mob. and beaches. Recommendations expected next month. This is crazy. So they're selling off the, the whole state. <laughs> why can't we get the highest bidder? Yeah, why don't we just sell the whole thing in one go? Can't we just bundle it up? Sell uh, it to the Arabs. Yeah, they make got the money. Have some, let someone be king of New York. Just bring in the Dubai money, buy up New York State, and let them run the place. Let them move over here. It's just too hot over there. And the other thing, they might as well just take over. The state of New York should be all Arab. Isn't that outrageous? Isn't that? And then they could have the little, the, the kind of a Jewish stronghold. Yeah, Manhattan, there you go. There you which go. Which actually represents the, the Israel because it's got a similar shape. Mm-hmm. And so you'd have a, you'd have a recreation <laughs> for the amusement of everybody of the Middle East <laughs> crisis in New York State, so we can watch it locally and check it out. So, um, and then we have all these cameras around uh, New York City, and we can do a reality show. That's what the cameras are good for. Yeah. You can just follow random storylines, random people. It would be pretty cool. So anyway, New York's got problems. But, you know, they're mismanaged. What do you expect? Yeah, they've used all the pension funds. It's uh, it's nasty business. Nasty, nasty business. And uh, you got anything else? No, I'm, I think we hit most of the important stuff, I think. I'm sure somebody wrote in and said, hey, why don't you talk about this, and we didn't do it. What about our, we didn't get our call-ins? Well, no, because uh, I have to configure the, the router. Oh. I have to get the, the voice. Here's, here's one crazy thing. With Skype on the Mac, it may be different on Windows. When you call someone uh, or you have a call established, then you can uh, toggle the uh, keypad so you can enter in dial tones. Let me just see the... Uh, yeah, toggle dial pad. So I could, hopefully, this won't break anything. Right. So I can do that on this call. Mm. So then if I want to call into the conference. What, what do you toggle, by the way? What, what is the key? Uh, there's a little um, drop-down menu on your call window. It says more, and the down below it says toggle dial pad. Here, let me see. You're on Mac or Windows? I'm on Windows. Windows, yeah. Uh... Okay, I get more, and it says play games, crazy talk, avatar. I don't have any of that good stuff. Chinese checkers. <laughs> Wait, on the, win- on the window, <laughs> on the window itself, <laughs> where it says more. Let's play Chinese ads. checkers. <laughs> yeah, play Chinese checkers, but I can't obviously <laughs> dial anything. Well, anyway, the crazy mm. thing is, if so, what I wanted to do is I wanted oh, to start. Is, wait a minute, you can send a fax. That's I didn't know that. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. I, I wanted to. So you, you can't connect two calls together you can't say okay i have call one here call two there i want to conference them you have to call you have to set up a conference and call both numbers at the same time which it does perfectly so i can you know call in call you and i could call into the uh, the conference setup except then it the conference setup is saying okay please you know do your dial tones for your pass passcode but the there's no toggle the dial pad at least not on the mac client so you can't you can't do it so that's why i set up a different VoIP client, which, as I just said, doesn't work. 
But it's crazy that you can't do that in Skype. Hmm. I can't do it at all, except I can play Chinese chess. Can- <laughs> <laughs> so next week, I'll have it. Uh, and I'll have it sorted says, out. Simp- Sky- Skypeify Outlook with Skylook. Woo! I wonder what that is. That sounds hot. What, can you play Chinese checkers with me? Do I have to do something? Uh, let's see. Now, this is the... Now, it opens up... It doesn't open Chinese checkers. It opens up the Skype Extras Manager. And then it has Chinese checkers. Oh, click to open the plug-in. Click to see all available commands. Now you're going to break, click on you're gonna break the connection, I'm sure. Of it. Recommend to a friend. I don't know if I can. I, I think it's going to blow up. Mm. I don't trust it. Don't do it. All right, last one from Canada. Uh, this is in my never-ending search to understand carbon credits. Oh, so this is, so you actually prepared for the show this week? I always prepare for the show. Okay. You, you usually just don't care about what I have to say. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> um, grow your own carbon credits. <laughs> Hey, you know, this, I'm thinking about this. I was talking to this with, uh, with my son, Eric, and it was like, who does Channel Dvorak, by the way, for me, and he did Channel Curry for you. We should thank Yeah, him oh, no, and, 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 I, and I wanted to thank him last week. I forgot about that. Yeah, Channel yeah, Curry. We have, have to thank Bubba, too, for putting up the show notes. Yes. It's a channel. He says he will not be a call screener, so we can forget that. <laughs> ChannelCurry.com, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it has it's a cool page. It has um all of my feeds. Let me just take He's a got look. some other gimmick he wants to do, but he he has to explain it to you. Okay. A couple of them actually, including uh, having your head with a screen on the forehead. Oh cool. He's also he's got he added something. He's got Mevio today in there. Cool. And what is this? Now there's a video window all of a sudden on channelcurry.com. Yeah. Pretty soon you'll, you'll be, no, wait. It's a good place to centralize things. Anyway, uh, and it has my recent Twitter tweets. Wow. The United States Navy responsible oh. for this. Okay, I see what he did. Cool. And it has and, and it has one big RSS for all of that, so it has a combined feed as well. That's really cool. Did he yeah, use? He's a- actually got the combined RSS thing down to a fine art. Yeah, that's fantastic. Did he use uh, my checkout code? Your checkout code at GoDaddy for the domain name. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> Do that on your own time. <laughs> so back to cheap. Canada. Yeah. Uh, some prairie farmers are looking to the future where they can make money selling carbon That's credits. Where, that to- brings me back to the point I was going to make. Yes. We need to start a business where we just buy. Like, so there's a lot of areas in Washington State where they've clear cut, and they just leave it. It's just they just, they clear cut an area, and they there's a little bald spot on the side of a mountain. And then they, it's just a bunch of crap after that, and they never, and then they just abandon it. So you buy a few acres, you rip all the logs down, and you leave. And you can probably pick this acreage up pretty cheaply, I'm thinking. And then you plant trees, and, then, uh, and you get carbon, carbon credits, credits for credit that. Scheme. Yeah, yeah. So well, you you set up shop, and then you know you collect all these carbon credits, and you have to plant like uh, 50 trees. And so you send somebody up there, and you plant 50 trees, and you, there's room for probably a thousand trees well, to, to ten thousand trees. I don't know. Well, let's read through this and for a second. Well, let's just read. Tr- the farmers get credits to follow certain farming practices, like oh, well, that's the- zero till, which involves seeding without plowing up the fields. Yeah. The result is that the crops absorb carbon dioxide and the carbon stays fixed in the soil. Man, what is all this? 
I'm they, not buying it. I mean, people till for a reason. Yeah, they lease the credits from the farmers paying $2.38 to $5.43 per acre. Hmm. $5 an acre? Yeah. That doesn't seem like a lot that of money. Not, seems like a very minute amount, actually. If you have 100 acres, you get 500 bucks. Well, I guess if you had 10,000 acres, it's better than poking an eye out with a sharp stick, but... Uh, there's got to be some way of uh, getting in on this. Because hmm. people do it. If you watch the Green Channel, I was watching this crappy Green Channel, and I'm always I gravitate toward this stuff. Like it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm it's like watching a car wreck. It's a thin line so between anyway, love and hate, John. In slow motion. So anyway, so they're going on, and this guy is on there. He's he's at uh, Tom whatever his name is. The guy who does funniest home videos. He does his dinner party. Tom Bergeron's dinner party, Ugh. and they have a bunch of people that gather around, and they're all green nutballs, and they go on and on about one thing or another, and how they really like how they like to have their carrots cooked, and uh, and and so the, it goes. The show goes on, and then pretty soon they get into this you know, kind of like you know insightful discussion, as it were. And this one guy chimes and he says, "You know, I was buying my airline ticket, and then on their on the website there was an option. Do I want to, to offset your to carbon your offset carbon?" Use? My carbon credit thing, and he says I did it, and it cost me like for my ticket to New York, it cost Only me six dollars yeah. to offset the carbon credit, and I felt really good about it, <laughs> and it was painless. I'm thinking painless. They just took six dollars from what? You don't know. And where does it go? Where do they do? What do they do with that six dollars? They well, they, I think they probably you know do what I'm thinking, which is they stick a tree in the dirt. <laughs> And uh, untilled soil, that, <laughs> and untilled soil, and if that, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't they know, plant you know, a seed. The they plant one seed. These are six dollar seed. That's the business we should be in. Why don't you plant your own seed? No, why don't we just find out a place that you know? So Canada clearly, it's it's not worth it. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be other places, and you know, you should be able. There's there's, there's got to be tons of scams we can get in on. Where you plant a seed. A scam. It's not a scam, Adam. It's not a scam. We're saving the earth. <laughs> it's the first time you've used my name on this show. Well, beware. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we need to, you're right. We need to find some, but I'm thinking, you know, there's the, I think planting trees is, it has to be done anyway. You, you might as well, you know, get a carbon credit for it. I mean, what's, what is a tree worth in carbon credit dollars? Let's ask. What I, let's ask Google. What is a tree worth in carbon credit dollars? And what about this for an idea? You buy one of those Christmas tree farms, and then you close it. Yeah. So people can't chop down the tree. Yeah, that's. A, but I bet you and it costs a lot of money. Then you resell it as a carbon credit. <laughs> I'm just gonna be look. I'm just gonna be on the lookout for carbon credits everywhere. Uh, what is a carbon? Oh, this is interesting. Six trees is three hundred dollars. What? Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Hold on. Wow. What is this? What is a car? This is an interesting site. Its true definition is the ESO or Exchange Soil Offset, or more Send popularly. Yeah. Hold on. This is a, this is oh this is good information. They talk about oh man, hold on, you'll like this. I think Gore's on to something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course he is. 
today is the first day of, of new currency that is very much like the real carbon credit. Note the word currency. The okay, Save, well, the, the, Save the Planet Carbon Credit is officially launched this day, September 1st, 2005, to a less than rapturous welcome from all who use her. Let's call them credits because in science fiction films, credits are the currency of the future anyway. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the 20-credit note would be entitled the holder to drive for 20 weeks of current techno- at current technology levels. This, I believe this is really where we're going. I don't know. If, oh, they have a, You see this picture of the 20-carbon-credit note? here with the queen on it. This is a New Zealand site, and they have a 20-credit-carbon-credit, which is probably what the thing would look like. Except for the watermark that says "Save the Planet," and I like it. I like the power lines. You like that little the people. pylons there? <laughs> it's hilarious. I'll blog it for anybody. And this little little this. map there of what looks like Bush Gardens. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, is this, no, I'm is this for real? Oh, look at the back. The back has uh, two windmills, two wind turbines. Pay the bear twenty weeks driving in return for I twenty think- carbon credits. Cool. Where'd you get the back? I don't see the back. Scroll down. According to Tufts, an average 25-year-old maple tree absorbs 2.50, uh, 1, 1.1 kilo of CO2 per year. Over 25 years, that's 27.5 kilos. means that 36 trees are needed to, to absorb one ton of CO2. And with each tree costing $50, each carbon credit should cost at least 50 times 36 trees is $1,800. Otherwise, there is more value in felling the trees. Using these trees to give estimates to their carbon value gives very expensive carbon credit prices. Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, we had, this is, uh, this warrants some investigation, actually. I think so. It's going to take a little bit. Well, get used to it. Uh, I like, you know... I'm going to carry a couple of these around on my wall. I'm going to print them and cut you know, them out. People, there's a, there's not a lot of people working in manufacturing. You know, you get you you put you put a shack up on about 500 acres in the Washington State Mountains uh, that you own that you pick up cheap or you lease, mm-hmm. and you uh, put a shack up there and put some guy in there with a with a one of those little shovels that got a little twist thing. You, you you poke a hole in the ground and you twist and you pull out a a, a kind of a a, a, a cork pops out of dirt and you stick a tree in there and you then this will be this guy's job and you know instead of working at a factory and making products and um you know you can pay him Mm -hmm. so you have a computer up there and you send him that many carbon credits and he has to plant the trees and you have an inspector go up there so it's official make sure he's actually doing it and uh you know what i I think for 2009 that should be our task. We need to find a carbon offset based business that we right. can uh, sell to sell to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, or whoever. Here, well, no, we'll do that with. Oh, can't we do that with T-shirts? Is like we'll attach a carbon credit to it somehow. <laughs> carbon credit. It's uh, we could. Yeah, of course that we may could. Be a good gimmick. Yeah. All right. One carbon credit T-shirt. <laughs> So we'd have to well, actually if the trees are what they are, we can probably plant one tree in my backyard, and and then attach that to the t-shirts, and that would be probably make up for all the t-shirts we're going to sell. <laughs> Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> okay, all right, enough frivolity. Yes, indeed, an hour and a half, an hour and forty-two. How do we get yeah, away I- with it? A lot of it was probably at the beginning when we were trying to set up. Mm, not really. 
So uh, next week we'll uh, try some phone calls. And then I'll be okay. ready to do it with you every single day, John. There you go. We should just go live, do an hour, take some calls, and then stop. Either that or I'm going to yeah. do it by myself with a daily source code. I might, I, might do two, I might do two shows a day. You could. Yeah. You got, nothing but, you got nothing but gab in you. <laughs> the gift of gab. Coming to you from uh, Gitmo Nation East in the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. I'm John C. Dvorak here in Silicon Valley North, also known as Gitmo Nation West. I'm John C. Dvorak. I said that twice. And we'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda.